This podcast is brought to you by Most Valuable Podcasts, leading the league in podcasting entertainment. Hello, college basketball fans, and welcome to the Primetime Podcast. My name is Ricky Whitmer, and as always, I'm joined by the one, the only, Brandon Swanee Swanson. Hey, hey, hey. And Brandon, today what we're talking about is last week we mentioned a Big Ten team. We're going to be talking about another Big Ten Big Ten team today in the Iowa Hawkeyes. We're also going to be taking a look around the kind of whole surface of college basketball. Who's the best player right now? Is it Ben Simmons? Is it someone else? Or is it Ben Simmons? Because let's be honest, he has been called the next LeBron James. But what we're going to start off with first is a team in the SEC that I'll be honest, a few of you have been asking us to, hey man, where's the love? Where is the love with this certain team? And that's the Texas A&M Aggies. And Brandon, today we're going to answer the question of, are the Aggies contenders or pretenders in a way? Can they really contend for a Final Four berth? Can they maybe win this whole tournament in this year of college basketball that has had the most parody that I think I've ever seen in my college basketball watching career. But looking at everything, the players, the stats, and the schedule, I think it's plain and simple. Are they contenders? Well, Ricky, here is, I think, the number one thing when you talk about Texas A&M. The ranked number five, they have the highest ranking Ever at number five, it's the highest ranking that mm-hmm. Texas A&M, the Aggies, have ever gotten in college basketball, and it does come down to the question: Do they deserve the recognition for a number five team that Joe Lenardi currently has as his number two seed in the East? My answer: No, they don't. Texas A&M is an overrated and overvalued team right now. And, you know, you got to look at what they've done and you have to say, you know what? At 17-2, and they're pretty darn good. But at the same time, you've got to be able to look at what they've done, who they've beaten, analyze it like that. Mm -hmm. Okay, so... Let's do this. They beat Texas, a Texas team early on in the season that you would say. Well, that's why I didn't even bring it up because they beat them before Texas got on their roll, before Shaka even had his Shaka team in place. And you mentioned that last week. Mm -hmm. They beat a Gonzaga team who was number 10 at the time by one. Gonzaga, where are they in the top 25? Mm -hmm. They're not. No way. They're not there. This is not your, like I said, I've said before in podcasts, this is not your grandfather's, this is not your father's Gonzaga team. Adam Morrison's not sitting in the bleachers crying. Well, he's sitting in the bleachers probably crying, but he's not going to be out on midcourt crying. Pangos is going to be nowhere. Kelly Olynyk's all the way in Boston right now. This is not your Wiltshire. He's not there. This is not your grandfather's Gonzaga team. This is a newer Gonzaga team, not as elite as before. And how about this, though? Their best win is against Baylor, and I'll give them that. You know, Baylor's a pretty decent team right there in the middle of the pack. They mm-hmm. beat them 80-61. to 61. Mm-hmm. No one else. No one else in an SEC that no one really looks at in college basketball. There's two teams 
in the SEC who anyone will really take a look at right now. Well, and I and that is hold go, on, not not even done okay, yet. Okay, Texas A and M seven and zero in the SEC conference, seventeen and two overall. The next two games back, Kentucky at five and two in the conference, fifteen and four overall. A Kentucky team that's currently ranked number twenty and is not the Kentucky team that we saw last year. Not, not even close. Anywhere near close. Not even close. The next best, Florida, five and two in the conference, two games back, but thirteen and six overall. They're not ranked. So, I I just I I don't I don't think that I don't I don't think that this Texas A and M team really deserves to get this praise that they may be getting right now because they have two two more games coming up that I think will be big for them. Mm-hmm. It's Iowa State on the 30th of January, Kentucky on the 20th of February. And ISU currently ranked number 14. They're better than 14. Kentucky ranked at 20. They're probably right there at 20. I think Iowa State beats them. I think Iowa State beats them. And the game's at home for Texas A&M. And then they go, then they'll also be at home against Kentucky. I think that'll be a closer game. Texas A&M could pull that one out against Kentucky. But I just don't think that Texas A&M is as good as what they look like right now. They have that number five ranking, and then they have the, right now, Joe Lenardi gives them the number two seed in the East. They're the weakest team Mm -hmm. out of the twos. Well, I want to go back, and you said a lot there, and it's all, to me, good stuff, because this is one of the few kind of subjects me and Brandon are going to agree, where I, I am not high on the Texas A&M Aggies right now. And the reason being is before you hit your keyboard and go to type, hear me out here. The reason being is the teams they've beaten in conference, I don't think they're that good. But you may be sitting there going, but Ricky, you know, this team that they beat is the second in the SEC and this and that, but they're not that good in the overall landscape. You may be saying, hey, Ricky, on the 19th, they went ahead and beat Ben Simmons in LSU. Well, okay, that's great, but the discussion we're having about LSU is whether or not they're going to be a tournament team based on Ben Simmons alone. The The general conversation about LSU is, are they a playoff team? Probably not, but hey, let's throw Ben Simmons in there because people are going to want to watch that in March. That's the conversation we're having with LSU. Now, I'll give you this. You have Kentucky coming up. You have LSU on the road. I think LSU, a win on the road for Texas A&M would be better than beating them at home. But the one the one game, I, I'll say, and I've had, you know, tweets come at me, but hey, Ricky, they beat Missouri. Yeah? Can, can I throw a nugget out there, Brandon? Let's see where Missouri falls you, at 1-5 in but the conference. Wait, you want to know what else I was going to get at? And that kind of strikes home to me because... Yeah. You know who else beat Missouri? The fucking Illinois fighting Illini who lost by nearly 100 to Indiana. So that's not a good win. Let's be honest. Not a good win. It's 66 and 53. Well, it's Your conference is weak. I get it. Win the conference. You'll get into the tournament. However, when you get into the tournament, you're going to play a team. Yeah, you might have beaten Baylor 80-61. to 61, but you know who just destroyed Baylor this weekend? Oh, yeah, that's right. The Oklahoma Sooners. They didn't destroy them. It was by have, 10. You will have no. It was a much further game than the final score in like was at the end. I know, but score-wise. They, score were, up wise, nearly, they but, were nearly up by 20 in that second half. 
So to me, Oklahoma ran away with it. Oklahoma is going to destroy Texas A&M if they meet in the tournament. I don't. That, that's I, what I was I, getting. I to. don't. I don't disagree with that. But Buddy Heal will take over that game and say, you know what? Bye bye, Aggies. Go home. But here's the thing, you know. Actually, you know, you got to throw this out there too. To their credit, Texas A&M mm-hmm. has won ten in a row. But <laughs> I mean, you got to look at the teams they're beating. They're be- beating the Arkansas nine and ten overall. Mississippi State eight and ten overall. Missouri eight and eleven overall. Tennessee ten and nine. The team, the team they beat with the best record in their conference was LSU, five and two in the conference, twelve and seven overall. That is not good. This Texas A and M team is overranked, overhyped, and I do not think that at the end of the day, this team is that good. I want to throw out one more thing for you. Either the two losses that they have, the Syracuse and the Arizona State. Syracuse right now 10th in the ACC. Arizona State 11th in the Pac-12. Just throwing that out there for you. These are not top-tier like ACC and Pac-12 teams that you lost to. One thing I do want to correct myself from a little bit earlier in the podcast, when I did mention Gonzaga, Wilcher, Kyle Wilcher, is still on the team. I thought he was gone from last year. He's the only thing that Gonzaga has at 21.7 points per game. But the thing that I think with Texas A&M is your losses are bad. Yeah, there's only two of them, but your losses are bad. And your wins aren't good enough. They're not good enough to garner the respect that Kansas is getting. North Carolina Oklahoma, even Iowa, who we're going to talk about a little bit later in the podcast. But I want to throw this out to you, Brandon. Is there a chance that Texas A&M kind of takes the same kind of feel that Ohio State did two years ago in football and says, you know what, you don't respect our conference? We're not a good team that won the whole SEC this year? Whatever, we'll prove you wrong in the tournament and can they do what the Oklahoma or not Oklahoma the Ohio State Buckeyes did in football two years ago? No, they cannot. And I say that because we we have these teams all the time that be, you know we we get them ranked high and they get ranked high just because they keep winning. I mean mm-hmm. you're not going to keep a team that keeps winning low. Mm-hmm. I mean you have to rank them high just because of the fact of they're they're winning, but they're not playing anyone. They're not really having a lot of adversity or really good competition thrown at them. So when they finally get in the tournament with their fancy two seed, they go up against, you know, the 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 15. Is it the 15 yeah. seed? Yeah. The two yeah, plays yeah. The I 15. just want to make sure yeah. Yeah, that I had your, that right. Your math is right in your head. Yeah. And the 15 seed could pull that off. I'm kind of like a team we talked about last week, Brandon. Who may that be? The Villanova Hovas? Yeah. The Wildcats, another team where it's like, yeah, you played Oklahoma early. Yeah, you may play like Butler, Xavier, Providence during your conference schedule, but you get a fancy two seed and then you get knocked out in the first round. Duke's the same way. I'll, I'll be honest. I'll throw Duke under the bus too. They're usually the one that, hey, you know what? We're coming in with a two seed. Woohoo! We're going to win it all. And then they get bounced by Robert Morris. They get bounced by C.J. McCullough and the Lehigh Eagles, I want to say they are. How about this? I had said earlier that Texas A&M currently is a number two seed, the number two seed in the East by mm-hmm. Joe Lenardi's Practology. 
The number two seeds, they go as follows. In the east, it's Texas A&M. The west, it's Virginia. In the south, it's Xavier. In the Midwest, it's Iowa. I say, and I said it earlier, that Texas A&M is the weakest number two seed out of all those. What do you think? Read them off to me one more time. You've got the Aggies in the east, Mm -hmm. the Virginia Cavaliers in the west, Xavier Musketeers in the south, and the Hawkeyes from Iowa in the Midwest. To me, early on, I feel like it's a tie for the least between the Aggies and the Virginia Cavaliers. And this is a Cavaliers team that was, I want to say, a number one ranking earlier in the year, and then they lost. But, yeah, to me, those are the two at the weakest. And I would kind of lean a little bit more towards, I know you're putting, you'd put Texas A&M as the weakest. I may lean and put Virginia as the weakest out of just those teams. And the reason being, and I wanted to get to this because, because I'll be honest, for the almost 13 minutes now, I believe we're at the 13-minute mark of this podcast, Brandon, I have done nothing but shit on the Texas A&M Aggies and their fan base. And I want to—I got to bring up a positive because that's who I am. I want to bring at least one positive for you guys, and here was the main positive that I saw with Texas A&M. I'm just going to name three of their players. Senior, Jalen Jones. Then we have Who has senior, had a nice season. Daniel House. And then freshman, Tyler Davis. So we see some kind of parity with this team where, yes, they have the freshman center who is averaging 11 points per game. He's also got 5.8 rebounds per game but also they have that senior leadership the two senior guards who jones a transfer from he last time he played outside of texas a&m was 2012 2013 then set out the 13 14 season has been with the aggies the past two seasons he came from smu then you've got house who came over in after the 2013 2014 season from houston was able to play right away. He's also been with the Aggies for two years. So this is a team that is built on senior leadership. Yes, they are transfers, but it's still senior leadership that has been with the Aggies now in their second season, and they do have the freshman talent to go along with it. However, I just I don't see this team being a Final Four contender. I'll be honest, if they're a two-seed I'll give them a sweet 16. I'll give them a sweet 16 at the most. I think that's really sweet of you to to do that, Ricky. So I'm going to continue to shit on them. <laughs> uh, because here's here's the thing. Virginia actually is a much better team. Uh, they just don't have the higher ranking right now. I said I'd lean. I didn't right say now. I'd go for sure. I said I'd lean. Good for you, buddy. So here's <laughs> here's the wins for Virginia. They have not lost to a team in the top 25. Mm-hmm. They beat West Virginia, 70-54. They beat Villanova, 86-75. They beat Notre Dame, 77-66. They beat Miami, 66-58. They've got Louisville coming up. They've got Duke coming up. Miami again and North Carolina and Louisville to round things out. If they can win most of those games, Virginia is solidified, I think, as a better team than the Aggies and... An appropriate number two seed. 
Well, okay. I'm going to play devil's advocate here. Go screw yourself. To, to Virginia because I know. I'm going to play devil's well, advocate here. You know what, here. Brandon? I'd rather play devil's advocate here on the podcast than let you get hit up in the comment section with this question. So I'm just going to ask it so people can get the answer now instead of taking your precious time outside to oh, yeah. type a response because we all know that, right? But out of the losses that they've had. First off, George Washington. Who the fuck is George Washington? Just going to throw that out there. Then Virginia Tech, who in the ACC right now, a 4-3 and three team, 12-8 and eight overall. Then Georgia Tech they've lost to 1-5, and 11-8 overall. And then Florida State, who is probably their middle-of-the-road loss, 2-5, and 12-7 and seven overall. How is that different? And I'm just throwing it out there to ask the question. I'm not saying I necessarily believe this question. But how is four and three, two and five, and one and five in the ACC different from the um, records that we see in the SEC? How you're saying, oh well, you know what, you you only beat a one and five team, so I'm not going to respect you. However, Virginia lost to that one, and that one win is Virginia. I'm not going to say that those that those um, losses. Obviously, no loss is good, but I'm going. I'm Virginia Tech, Georgia Tech, Florida State. Those teams aren't that good, but they're all division games. Mm-hmm. They're all on the road, and they were all close. Okay, so, I just wanted to throw it out there so that, because but, I know but, someone's going to ask. But it. that's but that's my point. They're, those games are all on the road. Those mm-hmm. games are all really close games. I, I I think at the end of the day, the wins overshadow those losses. Because they're all top 25 wins, yeah. They're all top 25 wins. The losses really weren't mainly to teams who are, let's say, outside of their conference who are just these crap teams from from nowhere. Mm-hmm. You know, they're they're all within the conference. Not saying that they're great teams, but they were close games, on the road, tough environments. You know, I mean, it. They're, college basketball is so significantly, I think, you can say there's such a fan influence and fan uh per not perspective but a fan um they have a more much more impact on the game than i think any other sport because of how how loud they can be everything like that that's what i love about college basketball college basketball is you get everyone into a small building and that student section just goes crazy i I love it i still think that it comes down to if you look at texas a&m and I have nothing against them. I'm just wanted to make the case today yeah. that I don't think, because of the fact that they have not played strong teams, it's it's hard to look at them and say they are a strong number five. Mm-hmm. And one of the or a strong two seed. And one of the other things I will throw out there, because let's be honest, I mean Texas A&M fans might not want to completely be like, yep, that's one of the reasons why we're where we're at right now. One of the reasons where they're at right now is because, and why we're even having this discussion, is because Calipari's Wildcats are not the Calipari's Wildcats from last season. This was a Nowhere team near. we expected to come in, and it's like, hey, you know what? John Calipari teams, freshmen's come in. Let's see if they can do it again. Reload reload and unload is what Calipari teams go ahead and do. And this Kentucky team has lost to UCLA, Ohio State, LSU on the road, 
and Auburn on the road. Bruce Pearls. Yeah, you heard that right. Bruce Pearl and his Auburn Tigers, who are not a very good team. And we've had, we've got players where, yeah, Murray and Ulis are double digits, but Alex Polythrice. We got Labissier isn't playing anywhere near we thought Scal would be playing with only 7.5 points per game in 17.2 minutes. Also, another kid I'm going to throw out there, and the only reason I'm throwing this kid out there is because Brandon, from where we live in the Chicago area, this is a hometown kid getting 12.4 minutes per game for Calipari, only getting 2.4 Charles Matthews out of St. Rita High School. This was a kid everyone thought, hey, you know what, he's going to impact the game right away too. 59th recruit overall, top 20 point guard, top five, the second actually in the state of Illinois for recruits last year, and Kentucky hasn't been playing well. So this is kind of why Texas A&M can be like, hey, look, we're the prettiest girl in the room because the other girl's home with mono. That's what it feels like to me. This is a high school, and Texas A&M's like, hey, we're the prettiest school girl in the school because the other one's home with mono. Uh, Can't be the prettiest in the school if you're not there. Uh, you can be, though. <laughs> Everyone can want you to be there. You know? Uh, I, I, I think it's an interesting uh, comparison. But, uh, you know, someone's got to take it. Someone's got to take it. And, and currently, it's Texas A&M. Uh, because they have the best overall record and the best record within the conference. But I think at the end of the day, they'll lose in the Sweet 16. It that's comes the down they go to, to how strong are they when put up against the top mm-hmm. of the top 25. And when I say the top of the top 25, I don't even mean, you know, the number one or the number two. Because I'm talking, you. how about you put them up against, like, a Virginia? I can't wait. This Saturday we get them to they, go up against that, ISU. Not that they would, but I'm, I'm just saying, put them up against a team like Virginia, who I think is strong right now at number 11. Mm-hmm. Put them up against them. Put them up against ISU. That's going to be a big game. Who's going to win? I've got an idea. I can't wait for this Saturday against ISU, because that's going to be... Since the Baylor game, I'll say, that's going to be really the big ranked test for Texas A&M. But Aggie fans, I'm going to be completely honest with you here as I've been this entire podcast. Let's say you do beat Iowa State and you beat Kentucky and you're going, woo, what up? We just beat two more ranked teams in your face, Ricky. I'm telling you right now what I'm going to say so that you guys can just hear it, digest it, and put it in. All these ranked teams... You played at home, except for Gonzaga, which was a neutral site. But Baylor, Iowa State, Kentucky, all at home. Go play them on the road. Go play in Rupp. Then we'll see if you go ahead and win. But, Brandon, one thing I want to move to is we're going to take a break from talking about a team-centric kind of attitude and move on to kind of our middle segment of who's the best player in college basketball right now. And, Really, you ask that question, and everybody and their grandmother goes, oh, it's Ben Simmons, right? Ben Simmons is the best player in college basketball because that's what I've been told. Are they right? Is Simmons the best player in college basketball? 
And I'm going to give it a good Lee Corso. Double not so fast. <laughs> no, I, you know, I don't think so. I think that Ben Simmons, as a freshman, has been outstanding. He's been very, very good. But he's just a freshman. And is he, you know, I guess I look at it and obviously he's the best one on the team. Mm-hmm. Duh. But... I think at the end of the day, he is the best up and coming player. Currently, right now, my pick for the best player in college basketball You're because mine, aren't you? of just the I think the impact they have on their team, the energy they bring to their team. And this guy hasn't even played the entire season. I think it's Denzel Valentine oh. from Michigan State. Oh, you weren't going to take the Why Denzel? Denzel, I mean, Michigan State at 17-4 and four at number 12. Mm-hmm. You know, I think they can be moving on up. He's a senior, 18.4 points per game, 8 rebounds a game, 7 assists per game. This guy overall, I think, has got it. I mean, he is pretty balanced throughout. 45% from the field, 40% from three, 83% from the line. He brings it all for his team. Could he be a little higher in some of those? Sure. But, I mean, he has been such a cog for Michigan State to get them to where they are right now. Ben Simmons, he is really, really good, but he has not yet helped to propel them to a spot in a very weak conference. He hasn't done that. And, you know, people would say, Brandon, you can't put it all on one player. Mm -hmm. And you can't. But I think that Denzel Valentine, a senior, has just done more for his team. And maybe it's because I I see it and, you know, he's been there longer, has had more of an impact. I think he's the best player right now because he's an all-around, well-rounded player. And really looking at the stats, I'm going to say, hey, you know what? I can see the comparison between Ben Simmons and LeBron James. And I, the reason why I say that is, Brandon, I know you want to interject like, whoa, whoa, Ricky, what's so fast? I'm just going to say this. 19.6 points per game, 12.6 rebounds, and the team still isn't going to get a ring. That's the similarity between Ben Simmons and LeBron James. I know LeBron James has two rings, but that's my knock at LeBron for this podcast. To me, here are the top players. I'll give you my group of top five players in college basketball. And I want you, Brandon, to see if you can kind of notice one key similarity between these players. This is them in no particular order. You ready? North Carolina, Marcus Page, Oklahoma, Buddy Heal, Gonzaga, Kyle Wilcher, Iowa State, Georges Niang, and Michigan State, Denzel Valentine. What's the one thing that all five of those players have in common? They're all seniors. Exactly. They're all seniors. And I know you're sitting there going, okay, Ricky, we get it. You like seniors. You like when people stay in college basketball and actually do some things. But let me tell you a little bit of something-something here. Let's go team by team. Marcus Page, North Carolina. Brandon, 
Where in the rankings, like top five, top ten, where's uh, North Carolina right now? They are at number two, should number be two. number one. Should be number one in Brandon's mind. How about Buddy Heal about Oklahoma? Where are they in the rankings? Number one should be number, number two. Number one should be number two. So there's the top two teams right there. The only odd man out here is Kyle Wilcher because let's just say he's the best player on a team that's not even in the rankings. That's usually a tournament kind of just staple. However, he did play one year at Kentucky before transferring. George's Niang. Iowa State, where are they ranked in, in the top, what, 15 now? They're 14, Yeah, I 14 think, yeah. now. And then Denzel Valentine, I believe Michigan State is 12. at 11. No, 12. 12. I had them one higher because I love that Big Ten. But, yeah, these are all players, except for Wilcher, the four that I named minus Wilcher, are all in the top 15. Senior leadership, to me, gets shit done. And guess what? My best player is Buddy Heal. It's Buddy Heal all day, every day, 25 0.7 points per game. Yeah, he only has 5.8 rebounds. That's way less than Ben Simmons and his 12 point whatever rebounds per game. But this is also a kid that dishes the ball, almost getting at least three assists per contest. And to me, it's just one of those things where Buddy Heal is he's just the best player in college basketball. Watch him. Go back and watch that Kansas game. He's still the best player even though they lost. He is still the best player in college in college basketball, and to me, when we get to the NBA draft, should be the number one pick overall. So I've heard a little bit Denzel Valentine. Some people have compared him to Draymond Green. Yeah, look at what Draymond's doing right now. Yeah. And that's the thing about Izzo teams is because you mentioned Valentine, I'll put this out there. That's the thing about Tom Izzo teams. Guys stick around. The good ones stay all four years. And then they go to the NBA. I mean, that's just what it is. Now, Travis Trice, is he doing that well? Probably not. Brendan Hayward, have we heard a lot from him? No. Draymond Green's been the special case that, you know, NBA champion. He's on the best team in the league. Probably going to get back-to-back NBA finals championships this year, but in college basketball, that's the staple for Izzo teams. It's get the seniors, keep them around, win the Big Ten. Or, you know what, we're going to come second in the Big Ten. We're going to go to the tournament. We're going to go far into the tournament. We're going to make Final Fours. And I'm telling you, North Carolina, Roy Williams kind of does the same thing. Oklahoma's trying to do the same thing. Iowa State, before Hoiberg left, Doing the same thing, and that's why, to me, these players are the best in the league. I mean, look at Niang. Niang was one of the big keys in the cog that knocked off number one, Buddy Heal, and Oklahoma, then the Sooners. I almost said Oklahoma State, but I didn't want to do that to piss off Sooner fans. Boomer Sooner, you guys know me. But, yeah, I just think Buddy Heal, it's it's really one of those things where, and also I'm going to throw this out, Brandon, is it the... The guard bias, because most of the times when you ask people, oh, who's the best player in the league? I, I'm going to say like 8 out of 10. That's a Ricky Widmer stat, so don't take it that seriously. Like 8 out of 10 people probably give you a guard. Whereas, I mean, some people may give you like the Ben Simmons because he's a forward, but like I said, he kind of plays like LeBron James in the sense where LeBron James is a forward 
but he can kind of play the guard position too. Do you think there's a bias to say, oh, Buddy Heal, because he's a guard. Denzel Valentine, because he's a guard, over, let's say, a Ben Simmons. You know, I could I could see that. I could see that. I, I feel like a lot of people and a lot more attention comes to the guard position probably than most other positions. But, you know, you see... You see good talent when you see good talent. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that you can, oh, he's not a guard. We can't go with him. No, if he's good, he's good. Yeah, and I just, to me, it's just, and I want to hear from you guys down below. I mean, Ben Simmons, to me, has been plastered as, oh, he's the best player in college basketball. And I don't, un- like, I'm not quite sure what Ben Simmons if, Let's say he was on a Kentucky. If he was on a Kentucky, if he was on a Michigan State, if he was on an Oklahoma, Kansas, would we be saying for sure, oh, well, you know what, Brandon, we're not even having this conversation because Ben Simmons is the best. Are we only asking the question, who's the best player in college basketball because Ben Simmons chose to go to LSU? And part of me feels like, hey, LSU... Not as dominant of a team as the ones I mentioned, and it kind of gets foreshadowed. However, to me, even if he was on Kentucky, I would still take Buddy Heal as my best player in college basketball. I think part of it could be the fact that since he's on this LSU team, he probably has to do most of it. That's why and he has 19.6 and 12 rebounds and... He's if shooting he, 33% from beyond the arc and 55% from the field. Yeah, for some of these guys, I mean, you take a look at, I think, both of them, and we'll use the example of Buddy Heal. My gosh, they've got a ton of guys mm-hmm. who have so much talent and who do a ton on that team, and yet Buddy Heal comes out on top with these numbers, mm-hmm. these stats, on a basically nightly basis. That's pretty impressive. Yeah, because he's got guys like Isaiah Cousins, 12.7. You've got Woodard, 14.9. Spangler, who's averaging 10.6. And I know you guys may be listening on, but guys, you're getting a little bit away from the individual player and now talking more about the team. It's not Ben Simmons' fault that his team sucks, if I'm going to put it frank. But, I mean, it kind of does because, like Brandon said, if he was on a different team, would he have... The same numbers. And I mean, Buddy Heal, who I mentioned, he's got 25.7 points per contest. And he's got three other guys behind him that have double digits each and every night. But Brandon, what we're going to end the podcast with, we're going to go back to our kind of team-centric subject. We talked about Texas A&M earlier in the podcast, and we're going to move over to I feel like we start out with the weakest conference in college basketball. Sorry, SEC fans. You guys can have football roll tied. Now we're going to go to the strongest conference in college basketball, which is the Big Ten. We talked about Indiana last week. Indiana, an amazing team this year. And I mentioned it last week. Kind of came out of left field a little bit where, I mean, Indiana's been good, but they weren't that good last year. And me being the Big Ten guy, I was kind of like, eh, I don't know what to expect from Indiana this year. And I kind of had them as a middle middle of the road 
Big Ten team, but another team kind of giving, I think, getting overshadowed by this Indiana Hoosier performance, the Iowa Hawkeyes. Right now, number three team in the country, six and thir- 16 and 13, or 16 and three, pardon me, overall, 7 and 0 in the Big Ten. They beat number one Michigan State. They've beaten 14 and 22 Purdue. They've beat them twice. Their only losses coming against Dayton, number 17 Notre Dame, and number four Iowa State by one point. And Brandon, the question I'm going to ask you is where the hell did this Hawkeyes team come from? Yeah, exactly. That's what we were saying during college football season when we're like, holy mm-hmm. crap, they went a quiet 12 and 0. But no, this Hawkeyes team has honestly, I think, in my opinion, come out of nowhere to be 16 and three, third in the nation. It's their highest ranking since 1987, and I think they deserve every bit of number three right now. They've swept Michigan State, they have swept Purdue, and they beat Wichita State. This team is for real. This is also the number two seed right now in Joe Lenardi's rankings Mm -hmm. in the Midwest, and they are the strongest two right now. Go ahead and fight me down below if you don't think so. But I kind of agree with that. They're making the point. They're making... They're making their point for being mm-hmm. a strong team and a strong number mm-hmm. two seed right now. I mean, they're seven and zero in conference, tied with Indiana. Indiana seventeen and three overall. They have they outscored Purdue a hundred to sixty two in the second half of the two games they played them this year. I mean, this is a good team, and you want to know why it's so good? It's got a balanced attack of three pointers. Working it down low, they are balanced. Saw the uh, second half of the Purdue game yesterday, Purdue-Iowa game yesterday. Iowa just ran away with it in the end. Mm -hmm. I mean, they have played extremely well. Extremely well, and they have showed it in the teams that they beat. Well, and the one thing I'm throwing out there is... This has been, and this has been an Iowa team that I've watched year after year, only because, like I said, when it comes to college basketball season, I'm watching every game for my fighting Illini, and usually around this time, this is the only time of the year where ESPN's usually on my TV. Like, you turn my TV on, the box, the Comcast box has been on the whole time, and ESPN's on the channel when you turn it on. However, when we get to basketball season, Ricky kind of changes it up a bit. It may be the Big Ten Network because I'm watching everything that happened from around the conference that day, especially with college basketball. And this is also a team, you say well-balanced attack. They've got some guys this year that weren't like they were there last year, but it wasn't like, okay, this was the leading guy last year. I'm going to go one step further. This is a well-coached team. Fran McCaffrey, one of the best coaches in the Big Ten. And I mean, maybe that's why in you have the Big Ten, why it's such good teams. I mean, Kareen in Indiana. You have McCaffrey in Iowa. We have Izzo in Michigan State. We have, you know, um, I'm trying to think, uh, Mata in Ohio State. These are some good coached teams, and McCaffrey's got his boys playing the best basketball that I have seen them playing. And Brandon, I'm going to take your 
little stat about the wins and losses. And I'm going to take it one step further. All three of their losses this year have been top 50 RPI ranking. We have Dayton has an RPI, that loss RPI of 10. Notre Dame 33, Iowa State RPI of 13, according to ESPN.com. Then they have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven of their 16 wins, top 50 RPI. Just to kind of compare that a little bit, Texas A&M, who we talked about earlier in the podcast, one RPI loss in the top 50, which was 49 to Arizona State, and then they their other loss, top 100 RPI, 55 to Syracuse. So that means all three of Iowa's losses are ranked higher in the RPI than both of Texas Texas A&M's losses. And the highest RPI win for Texas this year, 14 against Texas. This is where Texas A&M has them beat right now because the top RPI loss, according to the um, daily RPI ESPN sheet is 28, and that's Purdue. And the reason why this RPI, you may be saying, but Ricky, how is Texas a 14 RPI, but Michigan State's a 30 when they beat Michigan State at number one? This is the thing where we've talked about in football, basketball. Iowa needs Michigan State to do well. They need them to start winning to boost up that RPI. Texas is doing well right now. Almost beat Kansas. Their RPI is nice and high. How about this? Iowa ranks first, and I think this is a huge stat. Iowa ranks first in the Big Ten in turnover margin at Mm -hmm. plus five through seven league games. You know, it's the same in all sports. You don't turn the ball over, you're probably going to win. And that's big. Now, here's the only thing I will throw out there. Two, I said two of the losses, 10 and 13. That's an 0 and 2 with the top 25 RPI. However, 6 and 3 in the top 50, 6 and 3 in, 100, in top 100. And to take your turnover margin, their scoring margin, they're beating guys on average of 14 points per game. So to me, that's I'm sitting there going, cool. And on the road, you've got a 4 and 1 road schedule. You're 6-0 and in the conference, according to the daily RPI sheet I'm looking at. Your strength of schedule is a 32, which may be a little low. It's not going to be high as some of the big-time teams, but when your AP rank is 3 and your current RPI is 12, this is going to be a team where if they were a 2-seed, like Joe Lenardi has them, I'm just going to play it out right now. They'd beat Omaha. Then if they play St. Mary's or George Washington, they'd beat that team. Then if they eat, let's say they play Baylor, the highest seed. Well, they're the six. Miami of Florida is three, but I don't think Miami of Florida is going to do it. They play Baylor. They beat Baylor. Then they could play Kentucky or Purdue. They'd beat them. There's a good chance this team goes to the Elite Eight and meets the number one in their region of Kansas. That's what I'm saying. So to me, this is a team where... I expect them not only to get to the tournament with a high ranking, but they can make a splash, and this could be an Elite Eight team when it's all said and done in March Madness. Elite Eight, that's what I'm saying right now for Iowa. You mentioned Iowa's 4-0 on the road. 
it is going to be a big, and I say that with a capital B I G for the big four and one. They were on the the road for the Big Ten Network. Four and one. Thursday is going to be huge. They play on the road in Maryland. Well, and I mean that's not the only big road game either. They got to go on the road February 11th at Indiana. Indiana right now 19. So I mean uh, they could be higher up the way Indiana's playing and. I, that's one guy. That's another guy we didn't mention in our best players because to me he doesn't hit the top five this year, but Mellow Trimble, he's been a stud in the Big Ten, especially for Maryland. And then in Indiana, they got a kid in Yogi Farrell, another just upperclassman who is stuck with the team. And look at these teams. Guys, I'm, I'm giving you the proof right there. The teams that have the the seniors – are starting to do better and better in college basketball, and I hope that's what we're moving to. But I gave my thought, Brandon. I think they're an Elite Eight team. If you just say right now, how far do you think Iowa goes in the tournament? As of right now, it could obviously change if they lose Thursday or it could stay the same. What are you thinking? I'm going to say a definite. (laughs) I'm going to say that they're, right now, I'm going to say that they're a lock for the Sweet 16. And I will say that they have a probable for the Elite Eight. Wouldn't it be something if we saw both? Because here's another thing I'm going to throw out there. Everyone's mentioning, like, oh, Michigan State, they're coming. Because let's be honest, Michigan State's kind of fallen off this year a little bit only because of injury. I mean, Denzel Valentine missed most of the season with his injury. There's a lot of people saying, hey, the Sparty is coming. Sparty's coming and going to make a tournament run. To me, I'm going to throw out there, I'm going to throw Michigan State in there, who's 4-4, four and four, and like I said, they've fallen. Michigan State, Maryland, Iowa, and Indiana. Who's your pick to win, not the regular season title, but who will win come Big Ten conference tournament indiana iowa maryland or michigan state which one of those four would you pick i'm gonna to pick, win the conference tournament? I'd, I'd pick iowa see i'd go indiana right now i'd i would pick iowa yeah, indiana to me has looked like they're just unstoppable and i i think a great i know last week i said you michigan do know state, that indiana. they're both seven and oh in the I conference know, they are and I was going to get to that where I know last week I said Indiana and Michigan State is going to be the final. However, guys, I'm changing it. I'm I'm rooting for an Indiana-Iowa. I would love to see an Indiana versus Iowa just final matchup in the conference tournament. Winner get like all on the line. Winner gets the two seed. Loser gets knocked back. Who's going to go ahead and up their seeding. Oh, I can't wait. I know these teams play twice, twice this season before it is all said and done. But, Brandon, before I go ahead and do my entire spiel to sign this podcast off, is there anything, anything we missed? I don't think so. I don't think so. Not for this one. I... This just has me even more excited for the for the for the games this week. We actually have a good game going on mm-hmm. right now. Thirty five thirty Miami or Duke. Yeah, and that's one that uh, when this podcast is officially that game up, will be over. It'll be already. over, and you'll be saying, "Well, Brandon didn't end up being a good game." But yeah, and one of the announcements I have to say, I've got two of them before I sign off. 
Make sure to check Most Valuable Podcast by the time this podcast is up. I will have my first bracketology for the year. I had to get done with football first, but I'll have my first bracketology kind of bracket up there so you can see where I am ranking each all of these teams and who would I put in the March Madness tournament as of right now in the college basketball season. Also next week, football fans, if you love college football, you know someone who loves college football, make them tune in next week. We're going to be previewing a little bit of National Signing Day that's going on next Wednesday. So that'll be on the docket for the podcast next week. I want to thank you guys for checking out this podcast. As you always do, we appreciate you tuning in and listening. You can follow me on Twitter at Ricky Widmer. Brandon is at Young underscore Swan 19. Most Valuable Podcast is at Most Valuable Pod. Go ahead and check out MostValuablePodcast.com, your one-stop shop for everything MVP. If it's videos, podcasts, articles, it's all right there on MostValuablePodcast.com. I want to thank you guys yet again for tuning in and listening to us talk a little bit of college basketball. But as always, have a good day, everybody. Thank you for listening to this MVP podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Most Valuable Pod for more great podcasts.